Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. I'm your host Lindsay and hello, hello, hello. We are almost wrapping season one. Thank you everybody who has appeared on the show so far. We have probably about three or four more episodes left until we wrap. So just a couple of announcements before we get started. Poe the Passenger are doing a fundraiser for their album, their brand new album. If you go over to on Instagram, Poe the Passenger, the link is in their bio donate you get a bunch of free stuff little insider tips listen to the new single before everybody else does also for anybody in LA who is missing British snack time I have just discovered a fantastic place in Eagle Rock which is like smack bang in the middle of like Pasadena and Glendale it is the cutest little treasure trove of Irish and British snacks it's called Kitty O'Shea's and it's on Eagle Rock Boulevard I believe and I just want to shout them out because it's so good they have so many fun things so there you go Kitty O'Shea's Eagle Rock on Eagle Rock Boulevard and today's guest is Danny Nichols Danny hails from Bedfordshire in England she grew up on the Americana roots music scene her music is just absolutely absolutely stunning she has an album out. The most recent one is The Melted Morning, and I cannot highly recommend it enough. For three years straight, Danny has been nominated for the Americana Music Association UK Awards for Best Album, Artist, and Song of the Year in 2017, 18, and 20. So check her out. You can follow Danny. I'm going to leave all the links in the bio. There's quite a few of them because there's the website www.dannynichols.com. There's Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. You can follow her on Instagram at Danny Nichols Music. And like I said, I will be leaving all of these in the link so you have easy access. All right, on with the show. All right, so welcome to the show, Danny Nichols, who is, Hello. you said you're in Bedfordshire in England. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, my hometown of Bedford, Bedfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cute little, uh, cute little market town uh, by the river. Nice. Yeah. Sounds idyllic. Quite um, nice. So yeah. you, that's where you grew up. And where did you like draw inspiration? Like, how did you get into your performative world? Well, honestly, um, it was younger than I realized because recently we found like, you know, some old home movie tapes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it seems I've been prancing around on in front of people singing and dancing since I was really tiny. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. I guess it was yeah. There was we found some footage of me like singing like gobbledygook, and then it turned out that I was like looking around the room. I think I was three, two or three, mm-hmm. looking around the room and uh, making up a song on the spot Aww. with the things that I saw. So I was like, "Am I? Is this my first song?" Yeah. <laughs> So I got my first song on like recording age three. Um, so and then, then there was just lots of me dancing and singing and that kind of thing from a really early age. But I guess the, it really kicked in like the idea of a, a life in music uh, when I was probably maybe eight or nine. I went on a family holiday and I saw a, a jazz band performing on a street corner and I the fe- I remember the feeling of it, like live, eclectic jazz music 
coursing through my veins and I saw the saxophonist and I was just like that that's what I want that's what I want to be that's what I want to do music specifically the saxophone so I bugged my parents incessantly um till I finally got a saxophone when I was nine or ten uh nine I think and then I started lessons I was in jazz band and my life and music really really kicked off um and from then on in I just wanted to be a part of anything that was on a stage so I was in stage musicals and that kind of thing so yeah it's been always there in in there in the mix and I'm really lucky that my family encouraged that and supported that um I'm in glad many they ways. did too because yeah. I, I remember last time I saw you was in you came to LA oh gosh 2014 I think it was oh, you gave ago. me yeah yeah you gave me one of your albums at the time but I've listened to more of your music since and I'm glad you stuck with it because you're Thanks. so talented <laughs> your voice is like syrup um, so when was it you really started like honing your skills and started writing your own music and really so, doing that stuff yeah so that came when I inherited a guitar because okay. you can't really yeah sing and write <laughs> songs and sing when playing a saxophone so um <laughs> You could try, but it would be tricky. Um, when I was 15, I think, um, I was around my grand- grandmother's house one day and she was like, I need you to help me get something out of the loft that I need to give you. I was like, oh, okay. I had literally no idea what it was. So we got the ladder out. You know, she just ran up there. She's pretty sprightly. Um, <laughs> I was fitting the ladder and she passed me down um, it was a black bin liner, which is shocking, really. Um, and it was really heavy. And we got it down and I opened it up. And it was a 1964 short scale but jazz guitar, Burns London jazz guitar that was owned by my uncle Heathcliff. Hmm. And she had decided it was time that I, I took it and did something with it because I was the only one in my family who did music. And I saw, and it was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And it, it came with its original amp that my uncle bought, you know, back in the in the sixties, a Futurama. Nice. And it was just so cool. I was I grew up listening to Elvis and uh, Chuck Berry and all the rock and rollers, and I would play air guitar to this music, jumping around on my bed. And now I had an actual electric guitar from that <laughs> era in my hands. It was mine, and um, I didn't know how to play chords or anything, but I just sort of muddled through and over the years you know I sort my taught myself a couple of chords or I learned a couple of chords and I was just off um I was writing my own songs um before I learned the cover songs and that kind of thing it just seemed so natural like yeah I'd been singing and yeah I liked to sing and I liked songs I loved Carole King at that time I hadn't been playing guitar but I just um started pouring my heart out it was like my diary you know I, mm-hmm. you know my young self or the trials and tribulations of young love would just pour into these journals, which would end up being songs. Um, and I just loved it. I loved the feeling of it. And I loved the idea of a life being someone who made music and sang songs. And I very quickly started recording them and like burning them onto disc and selling them. I was, I can't, I wish I had that confidence these days. I would just like <laughs> sell my burnt CDs to people at school and my teachers and um, like, oh, I've got, you know, the old clip art cover art and you'd print it off and you'd stick it in. And yeah, so really early on. So I guess I was 15, 16 when I started doing that and um, it just developed. It was just my 
immediate love and it just carried me through um I did um you know think for a time I wanted to do acting and I you know went to drama school which is where we met Mm -hmm. uh well you know uni um and then I gigged my way through and I was getting paid to play gigs at uni and then I was looking down the barrel at a career and um auditioning and I I I didn't think I could take the rejection of the, I didn't think I could go through with it. So yeah. I actually, at the end of my theater degree, I was like, mm, I'm going to do music. And I did a course in music somewhere else just to, you know, st- put off real life for a bit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just always been there. It's always been a love. And I'm, you know, every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I quit. But by the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I love this. So yeah, a bit of a roller coaster. I know I've heard that a lot from other creators, like actors, directors, whatever. It's yeah, really every fun. day. Nope, done. I'm done. It's over. And then somebody books something, and they're like, "Okay, all right, I'll just do this one thing." And then I'm done. yeah, or or yeah, you pick up a guitar, or you hear a song, and you're like, "Oh God, I love it." Oh God, yeah. damn it. Yeah, because obviously it would be easier not to in life, but clearly I can't let it go. So. Well, clearly it's a sign you shouldn't be letting it go. Yeah, I think so. I've, I've resigned to that fact. So mm-hmm. we better press on, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying earlier that you get your, or you had a lot of inspiration from like Elvis and Carol King and all that stuff. So growing up, obviously these were inspirations because you're, you describe your music as UK Americana. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, Americana, and then I'll whittle it down to the UK variety if yeah. needs be. Yeah, because um, it's so interesting. So Valentine to me sounds super Norlinsy. I don't yeah. know if you've heard that before. Yeah, and I guess that's a you know I love I love all that kind of stuff, um, and I rarely get to do it because I cannot play the piano to save my life. So I wrote this that song with um, one of the best pianists I've ever met in my life. And I was like, just go to town, do your most like fancy, jazzy, New Orleansy. Yeah. And it was in the mix for sure. And so it. we did. And we just, we just did this thing over the top and it, it worked out really well. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, that's certainly an influence. The music of the Deep South um, mm-hmm. spanning all of those genres. Um, I honestly believe in past lives and I'm, I'm fairly sure I was like, had a pretty good run in, in like, the 30s or 40s in the deep south I wouldn't be uh, surprised and I believe in that stuff too so yeah it really yeah. <laughs> in, on a soulful level I don't know why yeah. a girl from Bedford would feel that way otherwise yeah. um, it feels it feels that way but you know it's fun to think well, about it's, but it's so interesting because when I listen to your music I'm just like you literally sound like that's where you're from and when I met you I think you were doing a tour in Tennessee or you were doing something yeah. a music festival or something I mean this is six seven years ago what would that be yeah I was doing a few shows maybe like Texas or something it was somewhere down in that area and it just suits you it suits you right down to a T and anytime I listen to your music I'm like it it just sounds so authentic and so natural so you're really lucky to to have that you know yeah I feel yeah there's been times in my life where I've got a little bit worried about you know, I don't want to sound like I'm like putting on an accent or anything. It feels very natural. Whatever comes to me comes naturally. I've never mm-hmm. tried to like emulate anything um, specifically like that. You know, but sometimes at a gig, like people will be like, well, how can we sing with an American accent? I'm like, do I though? I don't know. It just, you try singing like 
country and blues with a British accent. I, it doesn't work in my opinion, but, but also I'm not trying to do it any other way. It just comes, comes through me that way. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound um, forced. And it's funny well, you, you say that as well, because I remember doing a musical theatre thing out here and ugh, musical theatre, as soon as I start doing it, I sound American. But that's because I've yeah. grown up listening to American musicals yeah. and you emulate those. I think know? I think that's right. It just comes yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. But yeah, so thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> so oh, with... Um, obviously you had an album was it out in 2019 yeah the latest one was April 2019 um yeah so I started listening to it and then obviously like it's gorgeous because all of your music is where did a lot of them are very like the the songs sound very deep like where have you been drawing your inspiration yeah that was that was the deep well album let's call it that I hadn't called it that before but it's the deep well album yeah so the first two you know, we're from, yeah, I write, I write from a very personal place generally, but I think the earlier stuff was slightly masked because maybe I wasn't ready to be so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the end of a 10 year relationship will crack you open a little. And I did a lot of growing in that time and mm-hmm. have continued to, you know, feel like before that experience, I was a little, a, walking around a little dazed or asleep and then I was just suddenly awake to everything and I've been on this journey of like who am I <laughs> what you know really really deep dive and this album it already it all came out on um and yeah really personal so, you know I hadn't really for an for an example you know I'm uh, a gay woman and I would write songs about the women or the woman in my life and I would consciously mask it to to be a little more um you know it could be this or that you know yeah and then I feel like as I've grown I'm like sod that that's not I don't need to do that I don't need to hide myself that way so on this album I started singing you know with pronouns and 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 talking a bit more directly about my personal experience um, yeah. in a more open vulnerable way so in those in those years between my middle album the breakup album and the melted morning which is this sort of vulnerable discovery place yeah I learned a lot had a lot of experiences met a lot of people and it's all there in the mix yeah so well it definitely sounds it like some of the music I was listening to I was just like oh it's like it like <laughs> kind of we're like <laughs> you can feel it if you've if you've gone through something like a awful breakup or anything like anything like life changing you can mm. feel that in your heart do you know what I mean like it pierces you a little bit yeah does that make sense well yeah for sure and what yeah another experience that I went through and came out the other side was you know pretty bad bout of depression and I think a lot of people have are have been through that and going through that mm-hmm. and that's the album's called the melted morning um because some of the album was written like in it and some of it was written the other side of it so it's like yeah there's a lot of light references because yeah the dark and the light and yeah um I drew on that experience a lot and tried to I think you know songwriting for me is is me trying to process life yeah 
in a public way, you know, here, this is my discovery. And so I think that just comes out in these songs, just that. Well, it's deeper. pretty as a beautiful, well, beautiful album. Thank you. And I do, I, I do remember listening to your other stuff because like I said, you gave me the CD and I used to have it in my car a lot. Um, but yeah, this album, The Melted Morning, definitely like, I don't know, there's, it feels like there's a maturity in there. So it, it kind of reflects on what you just said. So you yeah. were doing a lot of growing and it really is just absolutely beautiful. So with COVID and obviously I don't really know what the lockdown was like in England because it seems like very flimsy flimsy. Like compared to here, it was like proper lockdown. Like everything yeah, was shut. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was shut down properly. Okay. Um, like a few times, I think we went in and out of it. So that's how it got a bit flimsy because people were like, well, it's too early. And, and then they turned out to be right. So we had to go straight back in. And then that happened a few times. Um, but when it was locked down, it was locked down, you know, then there were no shops. They just, you could only get, some food um and you weren't supposed to go anywhere yeah but the first time was really beautiful weather but the second time was deep dark winter and that was tough that's rough it was bad you know we just um all the restrictions started happening at christmas so everyone's christmas plans stopped you know to like so close to Christmas as well. We'd made all the plans, got all the presents, everything was ready, about to pack the car and oh no, the government says you're not allowed to leave. Um, so that was weird, really weird. First, certainly the first Christmas without seeing family. Um, and then not long after that, they were like, yep, full, full lockdown. And that lasted a really long time. Oh my um, and it was, it was hard through the winter, but um, yeah, it's been progressing. But everyone's, you know, I feel like everyone's, been in the same boat really i think it's so i think australia is the only only country that's like yeah but they're starting to they're starting they've just yeah they've just got the delta so they're just like locking that down um but how so because i've interviewed a couple of musicians and some musicians like through covid they were just like you know what didn't do anything just like meditated a lot Mm. and then one group were just like we live together so we just created all this stuff blah blah blah. and it's just like it's always it's like one or the other yeah it didn't seem like I'm Wayne I'm what the one not the other I did not make any music (laughs) um no yeah yeah, tried to meditate a lot um yeah had a big wobble like you know some doubt crept in I think unfortunately a lot of my self sense of self self self-worth I don't know what you would call it is really tied up in this job, like going on mm-hmm. stage, doing a good job, connecting with people. And that went away. And so did my sense of self and reality. And I'd had a wobble and I was like, you know, and the government over here were like, yeah, the arts are not going to open up for a while. So you might want to think about retraining. And that I was so, that. so offensive, but also crept into my psyche. It was, yeah. it was crazy. It crept into my psyche unfortunately and I let it and I wasn't strong enough to stop that so I started to like what else could I do what else would I do and maybe I can do this and that so I've been around the houses with it but I always come back to music or creative life you know I I I sort of fantasize about finding happiness in a really secure job Mm -hmm. um but I know I won't so (laughs) yeah but I dream about like yeah imagine if you could just be happy just like getting up going to work and finding fulfillment that way but I personally cannot 
I like, it's not the way I'm wired and I have to accept that and just get on with making this creative life work. Um, so I did a lot. I actually was creative. I just wasn't creative musically. I, I love printmaking. Mm-hmm. So I, I did some prints um, based on song lyrics. Um, so kept that in, in, involved. And my fans really seemed to like those. So that was cool. Paid the bills. And I think honestly, I was just like in shock and in protective mode. And I couldn't, I was trying to keep myself safe. So I couldn't access that part of me that makes songs. Yeah. So I just let that be for a bit. But it's starting to come back as as gigs are starting to come back and as um, connection is starting to come back. I feel ideas starting to flow and I'm reaching for my guitar and, you know, it's... It's also nice fun. just to take a break and just hit that reset button as well, you know, because I feel yeah. like we're all, always so go, 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 go. And I also feel like as creators, yeah. we put so much pressure on ourselves to always be delivering, always be making something, Hopefully. always be... And it's just like and that. that's getting worse and worse with you know the modern day mm-hmm. um, content content based you know you need to have always content um but yeah I mean making that last record for me what took a lot out of me and then and then I was touring it and then actually yeah there was a bit of a chance for a little bit of a breather and that was kind of cool too yeah um been pretty full-on for the last few years so um, and I think I took some good time to rest, but in amongst that, I over worried and overthunk, as I tend to do. Yeah, overthunk yeah. is that a word? Over I don't thought. know. Over, over thought. Yeah, you get the you, you get the gist. I've um, used that word many times, so I I'm just like I've used it overthunk. <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. a word, but it's okay. <laughs> I like it. I <laughs> so do I. That's why I use it. I'm an overthunker myself. Overthunker. So. <laughs> um, but, um, so just going back to when you were on tour, um, because you've done a, a lot of UK tours and you've done a lot of um, American tours. So yeah, tell us about those because more official officially, I've done a lot of UK tours and some some European ones, and mm-hmm. then unofficially, I have come to the US and um, historically written and recorded um, because I wasn't technically allowed to play shows. Gotcha. Okay. But that has changed. Um, just before the world lockdown, I got my touring visa. So, that's nearly run out. Um, <laughs> whoop, whoop. Where did my where did my whole life to get that guy? And then is that easy oh. to renew or? Um, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's just so expensive to like. I spent yeah. every penny to get this three-year visa. Now you can renew it, but you pay you pay more. Um, they don't make it easy. Thanks, yeah. America. No, they don't. But, uh, they don't at all. But I got that, and I'm hopefully going to utilize it before it runs out um, with actual touring. And I have a booking agent, so I can come to the US. But um, but historically, yeah, mostly I've been touring the UK for many years, um, solo, uh, trio, duo, um, rarely a full band actually, just because that stuff's hard but occasionally um and I love to do it you know that's where the magic is out on the stages mm-hmm. so um and I got to I've done a couple of support tours as well the biggest support tour I did was a couple of years ago I toured with Shaken Stevens I don't know if your audience will know who Shaken Stevens is but it was massive in the 80s UK Elvis is 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 the thing and um love that I got to play to like you know, a couple of thousand people a night for 30 days, which was oh wow, 
amazing I love those big stages that's the aim you know if I could yeah yeah if I could engineer that that really is I love to be on those big stages so did that propel your fan base as well yeah yeah his he his um fans really um seem to to warm to me and I've you know even now they'll sometimes message and say I saw you were shaky and we love this we love that and so that was great you know I you know I would love to have that experience again going out on the road with a big artist and because you get the best of all of it you get to go on the big stage but you don't have the pressure of selling all the tickets and you get catering and it's really good (laughs) (laughs) you like free food (laughs) yeah it's amazing like a routine built-in routine where you get to eat and then play it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) um so would you say that was your most favorite gig that you've done or do you have something that really stands out that you're just like, oh, that night was Gosh. incredible? Actually, my album launch for The Melted Morning was was really magical. It was one of those nights where you just sink into it and it feels 100% right from mm-hmm. beginning to end. And um, so that was at the Water Rats um, in London, quite a legendary venue. I think Bob Dylan played his first UK show there. So it was like, it's already... In- infused with like this core history and it just went well it was with the trio it was sold out I was feeling really confident feeling good the sound was great it was just one of those memorable nights where it flowed and luckily someone pressed record and we recorded the whole thing and so I I put that out as an album now live at the Water Rats Um, luckily I'd forgotten that we were going to record the show and I think that's probably why you know it went pretty smoothly if I'd have known it was recording I'd have probably messed some stuff up but I was really pleased with it um so that's one of my really favorite shows but I gotta say the other one would be opening for Lucinda Williams because she is my hero um and I opened up a show for her and then we got to like drink wine together backstage afterwards and she was you know when you meet your heroes and you're like oh please be good please be good please be good (laughs) like she was so great and we just (laughs) talked about deep stuff and we're having wine like a dream so thanks Lucinda for being for who had us thank you yeah I love I love you uh, it, I, it's so funny because um they always say to never meet your idols but it really is refreshing when you actually meet them and they are really fucking nice totally and like, oh, yeah gosh. and because like she can be not like mean but like she can just be quite direct and I was I was just nervous to meet her in case you know yeah, of course. It bad, but like it couldn't have gone better. And um, I'll never forget that, you know, it's pretty cool. So that was good. Yeah, there's been a lot of good shows. I, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun life. And then your album has been up in like, I think it's what, three consecutive years. And one of your song has been nominated. What is it for an Americana Award? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Americana Music Association Awards every year um there's a US one and a UK one and Mm -hmm. yeah I'm so lucky and grateful that the UK um association it's members based so it's it's fans um they'll yeah they nominated me like three times for three different things one was album of the year for Mockingbird Lane artist of the year and 2019 I think yeah 18 I don't know and song of the year for a song from that melted morning called hear your voice so yeah that's always just a really good feeling um I'm 
I'm that person that gets nominated but doesn't win and I'm fine with that so <laughs> yeah well maybe one day one day <laughs> maybe but like just just the nod and going to the awards and like seeing all your friends and sitting there and um I got to perform at both of two of them and that's just that's a whole experience you know like you've got you know I think the first time I performed I looked down I saw Van Morrison and Billy Bragg and Imelda May sitting on the table and I was I gotta (laughs) sing now so god that was terrifying but it was it was fun yeah (laughs) so yeah I'm grateful to the American Music Association for uh, the support because that really actually helped you know those things they can, if you take it too seriously, you can get kind of messed up in the head with like, oh, I didn't win or like, ah, oh, I want it so bad. And I did. And I'm really grateful. But it also really just helped me get get my visa. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yes, that's all you need is a, a ward nom and you get your visa. So I'm like, yeah, sweet. There you go. Sweet. Now I just got to um, get over. You will. Things are starting yeah. to open up here. I mean, LA is kind of we're definitely open up. You just have to keep wearing your masks because of Delta. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't think we're going to do another lockdown. That'd be good. So. We just need the um, the US to open its borders to uh, to the UK. Are they still drag- dragging their heels? No, it's literally still illegal to like enter the US from the UK. Well, I know um, so many people who have done it. Oh, put me into touch because I don't know how they did it because technically um we'll talk after hard. because yeah okay I know like four four people okay okay <laughs> inside it insider knowledge I need I need to get that well I, I was always wondering I was just like how what why um but anyway we'll discuss um no, I do feel really I, I I'm desperate to get back there because I feel so good when I'm in the US I don't know what it's about I think it's just I love this kind of music so much and I've built a community on the other side of the world so Mm -hmm. I need to get back to them yeah which just feels like you just completely fit in if that makes sense like it just it it, it makes sense do you know what I mean yeah right yeah Yeah. it makes sense it does make sense so Um, I'm working on it anyway we'll 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 figure it out so So we've touched on it on a a little bit but fear as an artist in general like what obviously you've spoken about like self-worth and like who am I and what am I doing and all that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff but has there been like a reoccurring theme that pops up for you that you're just like oh gosh um yeah I'm not fear of yeah not being good enough I'm perfectionist and I will beat myself up I will beat myself for the just the smallest thing and I'm yeah I'm I just put my standards way too high and it actually stops me being super creative sometimes and and it is fear-based it's fear of not being accepted not being you know welcomed into or you know just not being good enough and I think that's a big yeah a big sticking point for me that I'm trying to get over oh there's yeah so many let me think I should think um it's just crazy to me like because yeah. when I watch your videos listen to your music I'm just like I you know when you're just like I don't understand how you're not like super famous and mainstream you know and I'm just like because you're so good like literally you're I think so unbelievably talented. like cl- a class self-sabotager 
I know just, exactly what I am fully and I'm blocking my there's another version of me that's invisible but it's like blocking myself mm-hmm. um do you think you and that's fear-based from... fear of success probably actually if you know I what? get I'm gonna to where I want to be I know I know exactly what you're talking about exactly what you're talking about hmm. um which is mad isn't it it's it is really mad. mad because there was a point where I was like super fearful of success now I'm just like okay just Bring chill it. <laughs> yeah now yeah. I'm like seriously bring it but for many years it was the whole it, it was exactly what you just said but I, there's this Will Smith video that I'm going to send you I don't know if you've yes, seen please. it no um, <laughs> I, used to I haven't watch it every single day I'll link it in the episode as well because I was like it's like a 10 minute snippet mm-hmm. but I just had to watch it just to like recondition my brain mm. and then I had to listen to a bunch of stuff on imposter syndrome because I was just like, oh, yes. I think I'm suffering big, from that Big, big thing. Totally. Yeah. I'm definitely in that camp. I have a, a book that I have not read um, yet, but it's sitting on my shelf winking at me. I'm all about imposter syndrome because I know that that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating, so annoying. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't need to be this way. I know I have it in me to like go the whole hog, not in an arrogant way, but just like, I've worked really hard and I I you worked really hard you're super talented you, you I can trust... I could do it yeah you I, have that I hold myself back yeah. and and that's not maybe the only reason you know that it is a hard it is hard out there you know mm-hmm. what that stat I mean I I heard a stat that I'm obsessed with now which I need to get out of my brain because it doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things but like something like thirty thousand songs a day go on spotify oh gosh and i just freaked out i'm like oh my god <laughs> um why it, you think where how am i gonna make a dent what am i gonna and then that's the macro right like you mm-hmm. i'm that's a macro thing and that creates a lot of fear and that creates a lot of sticking points and then you go back to the micro mm-hmm. which is even if I wrote a song that one person heard that it changed their perspective on something that's worth doing. It's worth doing. And I know that. And yet the macro like seems to just prevail. So it's just that constant battle in, in the head between zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but, and then, and then, then I get all scared and I run away and I look at jobs that I could apply for. And then, and then I freak out and I'm like, god no this is yeah this is what I'm literally here to do yeah so just get just dust yourself down pull your socks up and just get on with it you know yeah so I have many I sound like a crazy person because I've got all of these people in my head but I think we all do you know we're fighting with ourselves and having conversations with ourselves and talking ourselves down from high ledges and but you must have like you you said your family would have been very very supportive of you especially mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a teen because I feel like surrounding yourself with positive people people who can uplift you mm-hmm. all that sort of corny shit that we just like so true it's that's true though I love Nashville that's why I love Nashville because everyone's doing that for everyone else yeah and you're all in it together um and yeah maybe there's a little healthy competition here and there but there is a support network there and I'm sure there's one here as well, but it's, I haven't been cultivating that one. I've been cultivating a different one 
Mm-hmm. And then we were locked down here and I, I feel quite isolated. And yeah, I could have done a lot of this, you know, Zoom stuff with friends in Nashville and tried to co-write or talk about stuff, but it just didn't feel the same. And I'm the queen of making excuses. I, I'm sure I'm just making excuses for stuff, but that's the way it was. And you're right. It, it It's so powerful to have a support network around you with the right energy. Like I'm really, I love you know very in tune with with energy and I I know the power of it um so yeah I'm I'm working towards building that back up because it is important and I do have my family they're lovely you know they they really respect what I do and they've always mm-hmm. tried to facilitate me doing that to get to a point to get to this point and that's great but there's nothing quite like being surrounded by people who do what you do and yeah. know the trials and tribulations and neuroses involved um so yeah um I'd like to reach back out to that community and say please can I come back and please will you talk to me about this thing or please yeah okay you should put that on your list for this week to do okay and how hold yourself accountable I will that's my job I will do that okay thank you I love homework I've like I need this stuff I need someone to be like did you do your homework and then I'll do it yeah (laughs) okay so you've got until Friday so you've got two days all right to do them reach out to one person community yeah 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 okay It's, it's interesting you say that about Nashville though because that's how I feel about people in LA and they like people have this really weird like perception of LA and how like fake it is and this and the other and yeah there is that side there absolutely 100% is that side but if you don't fall into that pit trap of going to that bullshit Mm -hmm. like area and you find your people it's the exact same thing as Nashville it's just so welcoming so supportive Mm -hmm. so nice and you're just like oh this is what it this is what it's like you know yeah Yeah, Um, and I, I feel a little bit um, like I'm doing the UK scene a disservice because they have also been so supportive. Like I said, the AMA UK and the friends I've made over the years, like there are some friends that I've been working with and collaborating with for 10 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they are wonderful as well. Um, if I could transport them over there too, I, I think I, that would be a dream. Yeah. But there's just something about the U.S. that makes me think stuff's pos- more possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if if that's a cultural thing or just a, a thing that I've decided in my head, but I come, come up a, against a lot of brick walls and, and I'm sorry, but no's here. And over there, it's like, yeah, like, let's see. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, let's try it. Let's see. Yeah, uh, It just seems a bit more possible over there. And that might yeah be something I fabricated in my mind or it might be true so I don't know I feel like it's a little bit true I tried I tried I I thought London was really really difficult and then I came over here and I just had people like falling at my feet and I was like oh I mean it's still been fucking hard don't get me wrong yeah but it was just like different it was like an acceptance and like yeah or just a willingness to to open up and say let's give this a go or let's see instead of no exactly (laughs) no thanks but (laughs) no yeah right okay okay (laughs) so anyway yeah that's 
that's where I'm up with all of that. But I'm really excited to be moving into a place of yeah more creativity now. And one more, yeah, another thing about fear is that I felt the most scared that anyone could ever feel, I think, um, about all sorts of things, especially music and my career. Doing something anyway and getting the other side of it mm-hmm. is like the most incredible feeling. And I hope, you know, that I'll continue to do that. And that's something that I can sometimes pat myself on the back for. Like, yeah. that, oh, I did that thing that I really was convinced I could not do. Yeah. And I and I and I still gave it a go. And it turns out it was good and fine and and that feels really good. So yeah. I know it sounds like a bit of a cheesy message, but if there is something that you're literally terrified to do, but you know that you want, you'll never ever ever regret doing yeah. it anyway. It's a really powerful thing. So that's my two cents. Anyway. <laughs> that's really funny because I was about to ask you what piece of advice would you give someone? Oh, there you go. There you go. You just said it. Do the scary thing. Do it. Do it. Do the scary things. It's really worth it. I think it really is. Yeah. It's it's it doesn't matter, and that's the other thing. It doesn't matter what you're doing, like if it's a creative endeavor or if it's like whatever. Like my sister was paramedic for 16 years, but for that's scary. (laughs) Four of those years, she really wanted like retrain to be a teacher because she was like, I'm done with this. And it mm-hmm. took her four years to be like, okay, I'm going to make that bleep. Mm-hmm. And now she's just finished her first year of her school. Gosh, and I'm just like, oh, awesome. fuck. Yeah. You know, she's it so much happier. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, if you don't do it, it'll, it won't go away. It'll exactly. just sit there. Yeah. And it'll just be like bricks on your shoulders and taunt your mind. You just got to do it. Try it. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens. Um, Yep. I better take some of this advice for myself because there's a ton <laughs> of things that I'm like, nope, can't, not doing it. Um, I feel like you need to put some sticky notes around your house. Yes. Just like in random places oh, like the fridge or something. Totally. I, I do need to do that. I actually was having a little course of CBT in the summer and they were like, I would like you to write down this, this, this and put it around. And I was just in a bit of a like, no. <laughs> place and I never did that but like she's totally right yeah yeah I, I should do that it's really interesting yeah. as well like how powerful the mind is because if you talk yourself out of doing something you're not going to do it and you can literally wake up in a bad mood but if you just start having like positive thoughts and just trying to switch that gear it can be really fucking hard and it is really hard mm. but mm. it's you can change it and it's yeah. so so interesting and it's like what you were saying earlier yeah. about how you're so in tune with energy like energy fuck man that's it's it's real it's real it's so real I feel like you know I it, my job yeah partly is to go on stage and um sing songs but actually my job is to cultivate like what's the word like nurture energy in a room Mm-hmm. Or, or or play with the energy in the room more than anything because people are having an experience and I, it's amazing I can sometimes feel stand on stage and feel the energy is a bit off and I will I will actively change maybe the next song or mm-hmm. my whole the way I'm speaking or my own energy and I'll I'll literally feel the their energy change and it's like this exchange like passing a ball back and forth and it's mm-hmm. really wow it's like a, yeah it's a really magical thing I mean there's downsides to being so sensitive to energy like you know if you're in a bad situation I get 
so overwhelmed and I take it on. I take, like soak it up like a sponge if there's, yeah. if there's bad energy, but I'm grateful to be aware of it. And yeah, I, I think like, I know what you're saying about being so sensitive to it. Cause I feel like I am as well, but I also feel like it's such a blessing, like really at the end yeah, of the day. Totally a blessing. Like, yeah. I'd rather yeah. be this way than oblivious or numb or yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well is there anything else you would like to add my darling well well apart from just this is awesome to be talking to you after so long and about such yeah I, I love this kind of chat and it's it's rare that I get to do it and I haven't done it for a long time but yeah I don't know really just it's actually given me a little boost to you know think about what's next I'm feeling in, quite inspired and Good. <laughs> um, yeah I want to get over there so bad to like we can have a drink and do this in person and um, oh my goodness I can't wait yeah that way but um but yeah I think um yeah this year and a half I went through a lot of doubt about the creative life and I I've come back to the fact that it it is an amazing gift that I I, I would be a fool to waste so um and anyone, you know, that's wanting that life, if you're not already currently in it, or if you're in it and you're doubting it, yeah, hang in there. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I think it's worth, it's worth it yeah. ultimately. So either going after it or, or sticking, sticking in it. That's my experience anyway, obviously, if you really feel otherwise, but yeah, there's a lot of beauty and, and joy and, and a lot of gifts to come from it, even when it's hard. So it's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, <laughs> that's all I got. Well, you know what? Like, I know you're. I know things have been like tough with COVID and stuff, but you know what? You're doing it, and you have been doing it. And even though like mm-hmm. you've had to take a break and just like chill for a bit, which mm-hmm. you know is not a bad thing, you're doing it, and yeah. that's also that's the, the blessing, you know. Yeah, to, and that's that's the main thing. That. Yeah. So you just have yeah. to keep doing it because. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yes i will write my sticky notes and i will keep being creative i promise <laughs> well thanks danny so much for coming on pleasure such a pleasure, such a pleasure. <laughs> and once again danny thank you so much for coming onto the show it was such a pleasure catching up after all this time i'm so excited to see what the future brings as we all are because you are just dynamite again follow danny on instagram at danny nichols music and all the other links i will be putting in the episode description until next time bye bye